Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello, what a beautiful Wednesday, and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. I'm joined, as always, by producer Jihei Wiley and Armani Buckets. And as we get to see her every Wednesday, Kayla Kinnearum, how are you guys? Hi, friends. Good to be back with you. Jihei, how are you feeling? Oh, I'm, uh, I'm, Armani Buckets. I'm okay. Yeah, I'm you okay. both, uh, you know, listen, we, we have a studio now. When uh, Jihei and I first started the show, at the height of the pandemic, which is the best time to start a sports talk show. We were doing <laughs> this from my house. So Jihei wasn't feeling well and Armani wasn't feeling was not feeling well. How are you guys both doing today? I, I'm I'm a lot better than yesterday. I don't know about Armand, but I am I am a lot better than yesterday. I, my my body was aching. I do not have COVID for every. I don't have the new variant, all that stuff or whatever. But I did have like the shakes, so I don't know if you did as well. I've been feeling really ill lately. I don't yeah. know what's wrong with me. I had a bad headache, um, and then watching that game last night, I mean, made, <laughs> made the blood pressure rise a lot. That was an incredible game between the Grizzlies and the Warriors. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I still can't believe that they came back and then biffed it and then came, still yeah. came back again. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess we'll talk about that in a second. A lot of good stuff uh, <laughs> last night, and that leads us right into today's headlines. Well, Jalen Brown scored 25 of his 30 points in the first half as the Boston Celtics beat the Milwaukee Bucks 109-86 to on Tuesday night to even the Eastern Conference semifinals at one game apiece. I just want to say I told you so. Are you guys back? Are you guys back on the Celtics bandwagon after that blowout win? I know I am. I didn't leave the bandwagon, but you could not fall 2-0 down, losing the first two games. And so, um, listen, not only did they come back and win... I would have just wanted them to win. That blowout win shows, okay, we are back to being the team to beat in terms of what I think about this team. And you've been high on them for quite some time, Buckets. Watching that game, yes, I am still high on them. I never left the bandwagon. I had one foot off, though. You could not drop those first two games. Grant Williams and Al Horford, the defensive job, especially in the first half that they did against Giannis, was the difference in this game. For the Bucks going forward, Giannis has to find a way to be more effective offensively early on, but their rim protection, I still, I still kind of lean towards Milwaukee because I really like their rim protection. And the one thing that really stood out to me in the second half, Jalen Brown, 25 points in the first half. The second half, he grabbed at his hamstring like five times. And if we see anything from these playoffs, Devin Booker's hamstring, Kyle Lowry's hamstring, those hamstring injuries tend to linger for a while. So I would be concerned if I was a Celtics fan about that specifically going forward. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a little concerned because that that defense that I said um, in the first series was phenomenal, right? And if they can cons- be consistent on that end, there's no there's no doubt in my mind they'll win a, they'll win an NBA title. Um, but there's no consistency, I think, in that de- on that defense um, as you've seen in Game One and now you see in Game Two. Game Two, it's great, you know, awesome, wonderful. But you need to be consistent the whole entire series, and this is when. It's kind of put up our shut up time, I think, for them. But the I'm way. never, I'm not off the bandwagon, and I'll never ever be off that Celtics bandwagon unless they completely. Am I the only? Bed. Am I the only one here that's Team Bucks? Probably. No, you know what? <laughs> I, I have to preface this by saying I believe the Celtics will win. 
I do not want the Celtics to win. There's no way you could grow up in Los Angeles, grow up. I love the Lakers still, and the, despite the fact that we they're, know you the, do it, yeah, <laughs> I cannot. I'm not cheering for the Celtics. I do not want the Celtics to win. I hope the Bucks win, but I'm just saying, watching this team, the Celtics are built to win a title. Now, by the way. I got them playing in the finals. I don't have them winning at all. I still like the Warriors. We'll touch on that briefly, but I still like the Warriors. I think I'm actually, I was team Celtics. I think it's going to go the distance. The look that Giannis had in that third quarter was really menacing. He had like an incredible start to the second half, and he's the best player in the series. With Marcus Smart now being out, who knows yeah. what his injury status is, then Jalen Brown. I think it's going to be really close, but I think I'm actually leaning Milwaukee. Oh, oh yeah, you are. In, like, in seven games. Well, you guys, John Morant scored 47 points to match his postseason high and carry the Memphis Grizzlies into a tie in the Western Conference semifinals with a 106 to 101 victory over the Golden State Warriors on Tuesday night. Who do you like in this series as it now shifts to San Francisco? So we touched on this. This was another must win. I thought game one was a must win. You know, when Dr- Draymond gets ejected in the first half and you don't find a way to close out that game. They needed that win. Big win for uh, the Grizzlies. This is new for them. This this whole playoff series, I think if, if this team turns into the team that I think that, that, they, that they will be next year, we'll look back at this series, which I think to your point could go six or seven as a learning moment for them. I don't think as long as the Warriors are themselves, if they're healthy, Steph, Clay, Draymond, they've been there. So I like the Warriors. Big win, though. And John Moran, and we'll touch on him again. I just love the way he plays. And and, and I love that that team is in Memphis because that, that, that whole city has wrapped their arms around this team. 47 points by Morant, an incredible performance. The team scored 106, so he basically had half yeah. of their points. Oh. Again, injury-wise, Desmond Bain's back. They need other players to step up in further games in this series. And for Golden State, with Gary Payton now probably out for the series, Steve Kerr needs to come up with a better defensive game plan against Morant. I would honestly hope that he tries something different, like put Jonathan Kuminga there, put some athleticism on him and see if that athleticism disrupts him because nothing was disrupting Ja last night. And that's just, if you want to win this series, if you're Golden State, you need a better answer for Ja than what they displayed last night. I, I agree with you, but you know what boggles my mind is that he should have had more. He yeah. should have had more than 47. They were they were bricking like crate like it was their job in the first half. So like the fact that he even had 47 and we're all saying this is a great game, this is a great game. He should have had more. He should have been better. What a slacker. How sad is I know? No, but it's it's incredible. It's a testament to this kid because not only is he bringing, you know, such excitement to a small smaller market. Yeah. You know, he's He's exceeding everybody's expectations. I personally think, for my expectations, I don't think he is. Because I think he can be better. I think he can do greater. But to your point, um, Armand, 100%, he needs more help. He need he needs all the help um, in there because you can't win with one guy on the court. Yeah. You got you got to win with a little bit more than that. So hopefully they, they this is a learning teaching moment and they 
surround him with some other great players, some vets maybe, and they figure that out. You're kind of like his dad. His dad is kind of <laughs> his dad is say, the same Coach, way. Coach Jihei over there. His dad's the same way. It's like he's his biggest fan, but also a hater, which you kind of have to have that. I love the John Moran story. You know what, though? That keeps him honest. That 100%. keeps him humble. Like, yes. And no offense to the NBA players out there, but y'all need to be humble. Yeah. You need to like take a step back and be like, you know what? I can be better. I can do better. This is the this is not the best of my ability, right? Well, speaking of John Morant, guys, he won NBA's MIP, Most Improved Player Award. But many, including Draymond Green, said that's ridiculous as he's already one of the best players in the league. John Morant also had 47 points in Game 2, like we said before, against Utah last year and became only the third player in league history to have multiple 45-point games in the postseason before turning 23. This is a short list, by the way, guys, because the (laughs) other two are LeBron James and Kobe Bryant. Is John Morant already on the the, uh, one of the top five players in the league. You know, it, it's hard to say that, but I believe when you're playing this time of year and you're doing what he's doing, you you he's he's in that conversation because you know we have to remember like Kawhi is part of that when he's healthy and KD is part of that and Le- Le- LeBron. You, you, it's hard to crack that top five. But if Memphis finds a way to win this series, if John Moran continues to play like this, we are talking about one of the top five players, I think, in the league right now, which is an amazing accomplishment for a kid. That's why, and I want to get your your, your thoughts on this, but the most improved player to me is a guy who has been in the league for a few years, maybe was averaging, you know, six, seven, eight, nine points, and then he has a big year. What is this, John Moran's second year in the league? Third? I mean, so like, most improved, I mean, he's he's not even 23 years old. So that that's a ridiculous award. Now, did he, he's not the same player he was a year ago, but it's not like, the most improved player, I think, should go to a guy who's, you know, listen, he's been in the league for a few years and then had a big, you know, turnaround. So, but no, John Moran, right now, speaking right now on this date, he is a top five player. I'd also like to mention that he was the second pick in the first round. Yeah, so, so it's you, just a ridiculous can. award for yeah. him. <laughs> There's no way you can sit there and be like, he's supposed to. He's expected to be one of the best players. If yeah. you are the number one, number two, number three, even the top five draft pick in the NBA, no excuses. You should be great. Yeah. No excuses. I agree. And most improved, Jordan Poole on the other side of the series went from G League to star That's the most in a year. Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. In terms of this question, is Jaw top five? On any given night, yes, but in the grand scheme of yeah. things, no. That doesn't mean that he, if he wins this I mean, he's series, top 10, but he's yeah. top, I would say he's top 10. When you look around the playoffs, though, you have Luka, Tatum, LeBron, yeah, Durant, yeah. Kawhi. It's hard to put him in that category, but he's in the mix, which is what Memphis needs to win this series. Yeah, you said he's in the conversation. Absolutely, he's in the conversation. Absolutely, he's in the top 10. There's no question about it. Sure. But like I said before in the previous headline, he can do better. He can, he can be better. He can do better. He's he's greater than this, I think. He's on that trajectory, though. Yes, he can do better, but he continues to do better. So it's yeah. not like, you know, he's hit that ceiling and that's it. Just an amazing rise. And again, for this to happen in the beautiful city of Memphis, Tennessee, I love it. Yeah. I mean, good for him. <laughs> 
Well, the LA Kings face the Edmonton Oilers in game two of their first round playoff series tonight. I know Kayla is Woo! super excited. The Kings won <laughs> game one, four to three. Jonathan Quick looked like his old self in the win with 36 saves. Do you like the Kings' chances tonight to take a command, commanding two to zero series back to LA? You know, so we talked about that with Memphis losing that first game at home. We talked about that with the Celtics losing the first game at home. Same with the Edmonton Oilers tonight. They they cannot drop two straight. I hope they do. I hope the Kings <laughs> take a 2-0 lead back to Los Angeles and the atmosphere Friday when Kayla hosts her first Kings home playoff game. is going to be amazing. So I'm hoping that the Kings find a way to win tonight. Watching that game one gave me those 2012 vibes where their first round series was against the Vancouver Canucks. And of course, hockey in Canada is huge and the playoffs are massive. And the Kings went in there and won those first two games. And it was game two when I felt okay, this team could be on to something. If the Kings find a way to win tonight in the atmosphere, Friday night at Crypto.com Arena, is going to be crazy. Kayla, I'm hoping they win tonight. Bring back home a 2-0 series lead. That makes two of us. And like you said, hockey is so big in Canada. And to go into Rogers' place and yeah. get that game one win, that was huge because that, that arena is electric. And... Um, I'm confident we can do it. I think we can come back with two wins under our belt. That would be huge to then have the next two at home. But we've played better on the road this year. Yeah. So that also concerns me when they come back. But yeah, I mean, it's going to be a, a tough battle tonight. But we looked really good they on Monday. So I'm, I'm confident. I think we can get it done. Yeah, I mean, I again, there's no parody in hockey. So this is the only thing that scares me, right? Is that there? there's no such thing as like, you know, we're definitely gonna, there's no such thing as a sweep. Like to get a sweep is so amazing in hockey, right? And to get a sweep in anything in general is awesome. But in <laughs> hockey specifically, it's very, very rough. I mean, Rangers just had a triple overtime Wild. loss. G.A.'s New York Wild. Yeah. That was crazy. Terrible. So like, I'm just, I'm just saying that like, this might be, let, let's not count our chickens before they're hatched. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I really, really hope that they actually do uh, get this W because to get that away and in, specifically in Canada where hockey is God, oh, um, that would be amazing. That would be huge. Yeah, already getting a win there is huge exactly. anyway. So it, yeah. whatever happens tonight, I'm okay with. That yeah. was the great thing. They did what they had to do. Yeah. Now it's kind of like they can almost... It's still a big game, right? But it's not, I mean, there's not the pressure of going down 2-0. They can go in there, do what they have to do. But man, if you take a 2-0 series lead back to a sold-out Crypto.com arena, I love that that game was on a Friday night yeah. in Los Angeles. Kings game, I'm going to be there. Yes, you uh, are. So listen, go Kings, go. Very excited about this uh, team. And I do like the Kings' chances tonight. By the way, last run for Dustin Brown. He, this oh, is his yeah, last know, season. And that was the core group. Him, uh, Jonathan Quick, Drew Doughty, and Andre Kopitar. I want them to have one more championship run here. I mean, how great that would, would be that amazing. be? Yeah, yeah that would be how, amazing. how great would that be? Uh, well, speaking of great, Chris Taylor had an early two-run single. Julio Urias pitched six scoreless innings of four-hit ball, and the Dodgers hung on for a 3-1 to one victory over the San Francisco Giants last night. Boo, Giants. <laughs> it was the first of 19 meetings uh, between the rivals this season. Last season, the Dodgers and Giants both won more than 105 games, and the season wasn't decided until the last day. How do you guys think the division race goes this season? So the, the big difference this year, I think it'll be a three-team race. By the way, last year's no one gives enough 
uh, credit to that race took so much out of the Dodgers. Generally speaking, if you win 106 games, A, you win the division. The Dodgers didn't win the division with 106 wins. B, you can relax the last couple of weeks of the season. They played like every game was a playoff game till the very last day of the season. Hopefully they don't have to do that. Or Dave Roberts takes the foot off the gas and say, we don't necessarily have to win the division. But I do think the big difference this year is it'll be a three-team race. I like the Padres this year. So as we look at the standings, and I know it's just the beginning of the season, the Dodgers are 15-7, and seven, the Padres are 15-8, and eight, and the Giants are 14-9. and nine. I think those three teams will be going at it. And as much as I want the Dodgers to win the division, I don't want them playing every game like it's a playoff game for 162 games. It's way too hard. It took its toll. Don't want to see that. Um, well, and especially since we're not, they're not spring chickens really anymore. Well, that's either. the other thing. And the, 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 the goal is to win the World Series. The goal right. is not to win the division. They've won so many of those. God bless them. It's fantastic. But we don't need another race towards 106 games. So, Quick question. Yeah. We, we don't need to win the division but do you still want to win the division i would like to but at this point i have confidence in the dodgers whether they have home field or not it doesn't matter remember how they won game five of the division series in san francisco it made it so much sweeter when max scherzer goes on the mound and does what he did so I do like the Dodgers to win the division. I think the big difference this year, it's a three-team race at the end, not a two-team race. Does it concern you with Max Muncy now hitting 130, Justin Turner's hitting 179, and Cody Bellinger hitting 203? This is the beauty of being a deep team. Yes, you're going to have lulls. Yes, you're going to have slumps. But what I just said, they're 15-7, and so other guys come up. The other guys step up. Ideally, with a team that deep, that strong, you would love to have the entire team playing well. You're not going to have that. It's okay for one guy to um, have a slump. Yeah, it's not ideal to have two, three, or four, but again, has not generally affected the team. They are still 15 and 7 right now. And on top of it, it is so early. It is. It is so <laughs> early. So but you know I, what, GA? There's no Lakers. There's no Clippers. Thank God for the Kings. They're still in it. I it, mean. Is, uh, it is not the best time. Go Kings go. Yes. Well, the Dodgers finally unveiled plans uh, Tuesday for this summer's Major League Baseball All-Star Game. The first time the Midsummer Classic will be in L.A. in 42 years. How great is that? 42, Jackie by the way. Jackie Robinson, that's, that's right. right. The Futures game and the Celebrity Softball game will be played on a Saturday. The MLB draft will be held Sunday. Um or, um, sorry, on the Outdoor Plaza at LA Live. And the Home Run Derby is Monday, along with the All-Star Game being on a Tuesday. Which event are you most looking forward to, guys? You know what? The Home Run Derby is always like a fun event. But I do want to ask, Keelix, I think you were in St. Louis when the game was there, right? Or were you not in Kansas City? Kansas City. Because, I mean, again, we haven't had the game here for 42 years, so... Despite the fact that we're not spring chickens, GK, we don't even remember when the game was held here last. I, I just love that it's not a one-day thing, right? As you just touched on it, they have the celebrity game, the all-star, uh, you know, a softball game, the, the a draft. It's kind of cool to um, have that here, too. So, But the Home Run Derby is the one that I'm looking forward to having that at Dodger Stadium. That's going to be fantastic. Yeah, that um, sign me up. It's always the home run dirty. Girls love the long ball, guys. That's right. Girls love the <laughs> chicks take the long ball. Yeah, I'm always there for the home run derby. The celebrity game as well is kind of fun and kitschy to watch. Which you it's would adorable. have to imagine in Los Angeles, Hollywood, it's going to be a good turnout because sometimes they have these celebrity softball games and they're in 
small town markets and they try their best to have the best people but it's someone from a celebrity reality show that Jihei knows and I don't know and so I'm like it doesn't matter to me what they do in the <laughs> softball game I, I don't know who they are well and also the NBA I think had like a TikTok star or like a Peloton star as well for so like, Armani the, Buckets oh was there yeah. TikTok <laughs> celebrity Armani Buckets <laughs> but that, yeah they had like um, a Peloton star or whatever on there that I guess is like really popular in, in the Cleveland game and yeah stuff like that where I'm just like who is this person I had to I legit had to like ask my like Gen Z cousins like who are these people I don't know who they are because yeah. we are definitely getting to that age unfortunately where I don't know most of these celebrities but you're, you're more like up with the pop culture or at least watch the Bravo shows very I mean, they have a I lot mean, to Kayla, choose from out here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Kayla and I are like massively, oh, yes. obviously, into yeah. Bravo. But, um, but yeah. I mean, there's. Th- thank God we're in LA because I'm sure that they can just pick up the phone or just text somebody or exactly. even. Will, will Mary Hart be playing in this? I don't think she'll be playing it, but I know she's going to be there. She <laughs> is the most hardcore fan with those seats right behind home plate. She's always stressed if it's a very close game at the very end. So Mary Hart has to be there. Uh, would be cool if she was there, like playing, but I, I, I don't think at this point uh, she's g- g- going to be out there. But it's g- it's going to be a lot of fun. The whole week is a blast. I yeah. went to the one in Kansas City, New York, and Minneapolis. Oh, and nice. Okay. When I was at Fox Sports Midwest. That's so, right. But we were like all wearing our jerseys for the players on those teams, and everyone thought we were like players' wives or mistresses. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's leave it there for that. When we come back, we'll talk more about the playoffs and all the big games we have tonight and tomorrow when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 and the Fan in Las Vegas. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or a comment or just want to win tickets to a future Kings or Galaxy game, and that's right, Kings that would include playoff tickets, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, we have a very special guest here and, uh, you know, USC Trojan family, family, Brandon Deutsch here. But Brandon, how are you? I'm great today. Glad to be now, here. When did you graduate USC? I graduated last year, so okay. class of 2021. <laughs> okay. Barely new. Youngin. Yeah, that say. had to be that had to be crazy because of COVID. Like, how did you, you know? Guys- it's it, it was fantastic because we got to graduate at the Coliseum. It ended up at a time when COVID cases were down. We were able to all gather with masks, so it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you have a Substack. Uh, if you could tell us about that, and again, I, the, the one thing I tell journalism students now is that you don't have to wait for someone to hire you. You could be like our money buckets here. Hop on TikTok. A million people watches uh, TikToks, uh, or you could join a Substack. Tell us about that. Yeah, so I have a Substack called BallersportsDialogue.substack.com. So my initials are BSD, Brandon Samuel Deutsch. So I decided to say, you know what? I'll market it as Baller Sports Dialogue BSD. And what I what I talk about there is I'm a huge basketball fan. Uh, sometimes I talk about football in baseball, but it's primarily basketball. And I started getting into advanced statistics. 
such as effective field goal percentage, true shooting percentage, player efficiency rating, offensive and defensive rating. If you want to learn more about that, you can go on my site. feel like it's important to the game to analyze players, so I, I write about that. It's more of a weekly thing right now. I want to get it to daily. Yeah. I spend a lot of time with these articles and coming out with a mock GM series soon. Oh, nice. I uh, started researching salary cap, trade exceptions, and basing on advanced statistics, which teams like the Pelicans or the Lakers, who they should sign based on their effective field goal percentage. Do they play defense? Will they fit with LeBron and Anthony Davis? So I have a bunch of cool stuff coming out on ballersportsdialogue.substack.com. I also got the Baller Sports Dialogue podcast on all platforms. There we go. Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. So very thankful for that as well. It's been a really fun, fun thing. Awesome. Happy to have you on the uh, show you know what? That's just a testament, by the way, because I always tell people if they want to get into this space, just do it. Yeah. And you're literally just you just went on your own, and we're like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a podcast based on you know advanced statistics on you know this particular topic. You can talk about anything in podcast form, specifically stats, and this is a huge. Uh, there's a huge rise in that as well. So kudos to you, everybody. Take uh, Brandon Deutsch's lead over here yeah, and just you. do it. Yeah, no yeah. doubt about that, uh, Kayla. I do want to get back to the Kings here because not only do we have a big game uh, tonight, Friday, first playoff game in Los Angeles for the Kings in three years. Yes, your first playoff game and staple. Oh, I'm still calling. I'm going to call it staple. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Um, right Okay, what can fans expect, and what have you been told? Because I tell people, and I was lucky enough to cover them in 2012 and 2014. And by the way, 2013, they get all the way to the conference finals. So like, it wasn't like they had a lull in 2013. It was an amazing three-year run. Staples, and it was Staples back then, was so loud. Uh, what have you been told to expect from a Kings playoff game? I was, pro- was going to say, well, you pr- could probably tell me what it to expect a, more amazing. than I could tell others what to expect. Yeah. But, um, I mean, just the last regular season game uh, that we had at Crypto, it felt like a playoff game. It was a sold-out crowd. It was the biggest and loudest crowd we had all season. So I'm expecting that and some. I know there is going to be a fan fest starting at 4 o'clock, so okay. get there early. Doors open at 5.30 with the puck drop at 7. So... Or 7.30. This says 7, but I've been told 7.30. So, um, but be in your seat, be in your seven, seat. folks. Yes. <laughs> Point is, get there early. We've got a fan fest. There's going to be a fan fest before every game. So okay. uh, that'll be happening right out front of crypto. And I'm just expecting fans to be loud and bring it and... We gotta we gotta show these Canadian teams what's up. We we can hang with them too. I totally agree, and I'm I'm just really th- thrilled that they're back in the playoffs again. Three year law. Luke Robitaille told us, "Say hey, we're gonna re- rebuild." I don't like saying that word in Los Angeles. It's not something that that teams in Los Angeles would like to do, but they had to rebuild, and now they got a a, a playoff team, perhaps a championship contending team. All right, we got a couple of, of other playoff games tonight that we got to touch on. Philadelphia and the Miami Heat. Joel Embiid is obviously still out, did not make the trip to Miami for this game. I don't see a scenario or a way that uh, the Sixers are going to beat the Heat without Joel Embiid. I think they're going to fall down 2-0 in this series. And then at that point, what kind of fight do the Sixers have? Going back to Philadelphia, uh, so Buckets, your thoughts on this series again, Heat, Sixers, I, I, you, you were the, one of the first ones who said the Heat are going to be really good this year. Now you, you, I think you shifted that over to the Celtics, but your thoughts on this series. It's going to be really difficult for Philadelphia to win this game, but I wouldn't be surprised if they keep it close. I think the spread is eight. 
Um, going into halftime of game one, they were up by one. The problem is that Doc Rivers, now Doc Rivers gets a lot of hate, but I thought that he did a lot of good things in game one. The thing that I just can't understand is why play DeAndre Jordan? The Lakers yeah. got rid of him this season for a reason. I mean, if he can't get minutes on the Lakers yeah. this season, there's a reason for that. So I'm hoping that he goes more with a small ball lineup. Now, I don't know if that would work against Bam Adebayo, but it wasn't working anyway. So why not just try something different? Maybe just go small and hope and pray that your shooters make shots because in game one, Danny Green was really, really shooting it poorly. And George Niang, who is, I believe, a 40% three-point shooter, was like 0 for 7. If you hit a couple of those shots, everybody's talking about James Harden should shoot the ball 25 times. (laughs) That's not the type of player he is anymore. He's not going to be that type of player. And the more people accept that fact and realize that that's not who he is, the more it'll be relevant to seeing how the Sixers can actually win this series with the other guys. I think people are just used to him being, him specifically James Harden, shooting 25 times a a game. I think they're just so used to that that when he doesn't do it, ergo the criticism. Um, I don't agree with you on the um, not starting uh, DeAndre, only because I think Doc's just a very traditional coach and he wants to stick with that big ball and especially not having Joel out there, it's definitely going to harm them more than help them. I, I'm also of the mindset too. Small ball doesn't always work. It's not always going to be about small ball. But but statistically speaking, as far as you know, the numbers are concerned with DeAndre. I can I get I get where you're coming from. I just I, maybe it's also because I used to play a big person down low, and I just yeah. love that kind of particular traditional game. Um, but maybe Doc needs to transition over and figure figure that out. He's not really great at adjustments as we've seen in the past. So. I, I would love for them to play a center. The problem is Paul Reed, their backup, had five fouls in 13 minutes. Charles Bassey, their third string center, is a G-leaguer. Where do you go? Where do you turn? Because DeAndre Jordan was like a minus 19 in like limited minutes. So when he's on the floor, they're getting burned. And unfortunately, this has been the, the, the theme with Doc and the Sixers all postseason is he has this affinity for DeAndre Jordan. And I really think it comes from pride because the media will ask Doc about it and <laughs> he, Doc will be like, you know what? No, yeah, I'm not going to. It's such a contentious relationship because having covered Doc in Los Angeles, we're not like that. And I could just say the Los Angeles media, again, you might have one guy out there, but just generally speaking, but I've seen him be contentious, and all of his press conferences with the Philadelphia media are like, with the, but the one about like him blowing series leads was so ridiculous. Like, did you look at the uh, roster with the Magic, the yeah. Clippers? So, Brandon, you've looked at the numbers. You've, you've watched these games. I mean, let's just say tonight plays out like we think. Did the, um, the Heat win? No Joel Embiid. He gets tested again, uh, you know, Thursday can come back in game three. Your thoughts on how this series is playing out and can the Sixers find a way to win? You know, um, that's a great point, Arash. Uh, I really did not see any hope for the 76ers this postseason. If you looked at the advanced metrics during the regular season, they didn't rank top 10 in anything. Historically, to win a championship, you need to rank top 10 in defensive rating or top five in offensive rating. They ranked neither. They didn't rank top 10 or top 15 in effective field goal percentage or true shooting percentage. Yes, they're superstar driven. They got James Harden. They got Joel Embiid. Obviously, Joel Embiid is hurt. If he comes back, maybe, I mean, obviously, he's the best player in the series. So he could make maybe get them a game or two. I didn't think they would beat the Raptors. They did. Um, And 
personally, I don't think they have any shot in this series. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to your point about like star driven, the Lakers were star driven and look where they are. So I I don't think that, I I think as far as numbers are concerned, this is why numbers are so great because they're the same in every language. I'm quoting Mean Girls, by the way. Um, (laughs) I'm with you, sister. uh, Like numbers are the same in every language. So you can't deny, you know, (laughs) X plus Y equals Z. So, or whatever. Um, So yeah, I I, I agree with you on that one. I mean, just because you're star driven doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to win a title. And also, I don't think, and Doc... No offense to talk, but like, come on, you had Blake Griffin, Chris Paul, you had like, you had these stars that actually did mesh well together back in the day, in the heyday, and you still couldn't win with them. Like, we wouldn't even be talking about Doc in my opinion. take on that Celtics, the Clippers team, I never thought they were a top four team, because the knock on them is they never got to the conference finals. There was never a point, and I covered them, like, as a beat guy, so you're at the practices, you're at the games, you're on the road, you're, you're, you're... I never, while watching that team, said they're not better than the Thunder were back then. There you go. Hello. Uh, they were not better than the Spurs were. When the Warriors had their run, they weren't as good. So I never thought playing things out, they were one of the best teams in the league. Um, but yeah, that Houston series. Doc, there's no excuse for that. Was this I mean, the yeah. Lob City team? Lob yes. City team. So I, I never felt while covering them that they were a championship team. There was only one day, and I'll never forget it, one day when they took that 3-1 series lead against Houston and like Austin Rivers is like talking smack at James Harden. I'm like, okay. The, the reason I thought that they, they beat the Spurs in round one, come back from, I think, Three, two down, where they 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 win a decisive. They win the game in San Antonio. Come back, game seven. Chris Paul hits that lot. You know that was the high water mark of that team. They go on take a three one series lead against Houston, but then they lose all three. And so the, 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 there was never a point where I'm like, this was a championship team. I thought that they were a good team. And by the way, to play things out, if they had beaten Houston like they should have, they would have gotten beat by the Warriors in the next round. So, and, th- and that's fine, but at least they would have advanced No, over. I 100% agree. I think the high water mark for that team was always to lose in the conference finals to either the Thunder, the Spurs, or the Warriors. In my view, they were never a championship team, so I don't knock them for not you know, having a championship. But this Clippers team, not the one this year because we didn't see Kawhi. If last year's team was healthy, I think they could have won the whole thing. They got Kawhi, they got Paul George. That is a championship team. Uh, and, and they I, also had all the all those returners coming back. You have Luke. You have you have like a yeah, good foundation. Exactly. So I think that's another reason. And they all get along. That's on the and big off the thing. court. That, that Clippers team at the end hated each other so much. Oh my god, yeah. They did not want to be around each other. I yeah, that 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 team in hindsight, like the further we get past that, the more people like look back at that time period like, oh, they blew it. That was a chance. That they were never a championship no. team. That team never was a championship team. It, they were a good team. They were a fun team to watch. They were a fun October, November, December team, you know. But th- in my view, I never had these granular thought like, oh my God, this is going to be the best team in the league. Do you think that this Grizzlies team currently has more championship aspirations than that? Well, so here's team? why this team is different. I think they genuinely like playing 
playing together. What you had with the Clippers, Chris Paul came in and he viewed himself as like the guy. And I think Blake and DeAndre, when you look back at to like they, they were both so excited, like Lob City, because they all were very excited about that. And then when it doesn't work and Chris becomes that guy yelling and pointing at the face of DeAndre or Blake and they're like, who the heck is this guy? Because what it comes back down to, what have you done? And at the end of the day, no one on that team had won a thing. So I'm like, I'm not listening to Chris. I'm not listening. I love Jamal, but I'm not listening to Jamal. I'm not, you know, this is a blank slate with these guys. And Brandon, perhaps you could touch on this. The thing I'm fascinated about this team, and I'm putting you on the spot, their ability to win without Jaw, I think is fascinating because I think Jaw, we just touched on it, is at the very least a top 10 player. So you would view him as like, they need Jaw to win. I am amazed that this team, without job this season, has found a way to win. Yeah, I mean, look, this is the deepest team in the league, in my personal wow, opinion. Okay. Um, they're 14 deep. They're top five in offensive and defensive rating. One of the only two teams in the league besides the Phoenix Suns. They were second best team in the NBA this year. Wow, in my opinion, right? Yeah. So you got Jaron Jackson Jr. He's an elite shot blocker, although he fouls a little too much. Um, but you know, he's great. Desmond Bain turned in. Talk about most improved. This is a guy that, you know, a lot of people said should have won the award considering he was like eight nine points per game all of a sudden 20 almost 20 points per game but they got dylan brooks well maybe they don't have dylan brooks now (laughs) but uh they have so many guys tyus jones kyle anderson i'm not surprised they're very well coached yeah i mean it'd be tough for them to win a playoff series or a playoff game against a team like the warriors without john we saw that Mm -hmm. last night but i'm not surprised they were what 20 and 2 i believe without john morant um, and that's just a testament to how well they play together. This reminds me a lot. I know a lot of media members have been saying this. A lot of the 2014-2015 Warriors, okay. their owner ha- is very young, and he's one of the richest owners in the league. He has so much salary cap to spend. This is a team that could turn into a dynasty. I'm not surprised at all. Will it be tough to beat the Warriors? Yes. But uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised next year if they make a series. A run. quick story. Uh, I am so proud of their GM. Zach Kleiman is a great story, and I'd love to have him on the show sometime. He was working in PR. He was a student at USC, so he would be working in PR, the guy who gives you your stats. When the Lakers won the championship in 2009 and 2010, Zach really didn't know what, I mean, he wanted to be involved in sports. He went on to to Duke, got his law degree from Duke, and now he's this amazing GM. And so to, to see someone when they're a student at USC passing out PR notes and transcribing things, to now again, one of the head executives is so cool to watch. Very yeah, impressive. Start, yeah. Starting from the bottom. Yeah. Um, even though I guess you can't really call USC and Duke the no, bottom. No, but, but you know, <laughs> when you see a kid like transcribing and handing you stats and stuff like that, and uh, by by the way, Zach does have I, I forgot what the employees got or but like he does have two championship rings with the Lakers, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, well to your point though, Brandon, um they're all they're this deep because they're all on the same page. I'm talking about yeah, Memphis. They're exactly. all on the same page. That Clippers Lob City team, none of them were on the same page. No. Chris Paul would be in the gym at whatever o'clock in the morning, you know, practicing all what he needed to do in order to win a title. And then you have all these other guys that are just like, okay, well, I'll get there when I need to get there. Yeah. Right. Um, and also speaking of John Morant, I um, just wanted to have a little tidbit on this for you guys. A week ago, he gave Desmond Bain his MIP. I saw he that. Gave, was like, so if cool. you look on YouTube, he gave yeah. him his, his award because you're right. Desmond Bain is one of the guys that like, he should have gotten this MIP award. Uh, uh, and you know, without him, 
John Morant wouldn't be where he is. It's like when the um, when the starting quarterback gives their whole entire O line like Rolexes or whatever. Like, yeah, you know, they, they should be he should be giving him his props and his due, which I don't think that a lot of players out there do enough of. Yeah, I'm not saying they don't do it. I'm just saying they don't do it enough, right? To sit here and say like it's it's like our whole entire team on the Arash Marikazi show. I wouldn't <laughs> be anywhere without Arash, and I wouldn't be anywhere without Armand being here. So I'm just very grateful well, we for you feel guys. The same way. So, but everybody should be talking yeah. about that. But Kayla, you know the cool thing about the Grizzlies is they have that small town vibe, and I think the Thunder had that, and unfortunately the Thunder did not win. But w- tell me what it's like when. The entire city and the, the entire state really is behind one team. Uh, for the record, I am for the I am Team Grizzlies. I, okay, so the, I'm there just you go. repping the, you know the Midwest. Yeah, teams, you have to. The right? teams in yeah. the middle of the United States. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, yeah, I got to watch or like see that thunder rain for a second up close and personal. My brother lived there, and it's incredible. Like there is no professional team in Oklahoma, Oklahoma state of Oklahoma exactly. except for the Thunder. Yeah. So their games, and I mean the players will tell you this too that they are just. They were the best. They were yeah. so loud. They are diehard. They have your back no matter what. Um, I mean, Thunder fans are still obsessed with Russell Westbrook. They would invite exactly. him back in two seconds. So um, I love this for Memphis. I have friends that live in Memphis, and they're at the games. And it just means more to these these I, towns yes. and these these fans. So I would love to see them make a run. I would, I'm backing them 100%. Yeah. So. Yeah, because when you're in a big town, it's so, you know, you kind of shift your focus so quickly. Like, oh, the Lakers are out of it. I'm going to yeah. watch the Kings or I'm going to watch the Dodgers. Competing or gonna... with all other sports. Exactly. When it's just one team, like you're just totally behind that team, 110%. And that's what the Grizzlies have. They have the uh, support. And the cool thing about the Grizzlies, they have a foundation for sustained success. I'm sure these guys are all tied up to, like, you know, contracts for the short term. But... The question is, can they keep them all? Can they keep them for, you know, because because that's well, the uh, thing. Well, that's a Thunder they, fan. Well, also, <laughs> if they have, if they have, if Memphis specifically has like all that cap room, they yeah. they probably can, right? Yeah. They probably can bring some of these guys back that they think that they need. I, I mean, would you want to add anybody? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you could, but it would have to be like the right piece. The good thing for them is they have their star. The star is usually the tough one to get. But it's cool now. I think there's, there's been a shift in focus. I think back in the day, you would, you have to go to Los Angeles or New York to make that big bucks. Giannis Antetokounmpo stays in Milwaukee. The Joker staying in Denver. Um, and I think John Moran likes it in Memphis. I think he likes the vibe that they have there. And if they have a championship team, there's no need to chase after the dollar in Los Angeles or New York. Again, back in the day, you had to do that. Now, because of the web and TikTok and everything, like you don't have to have that. So, all right, let's leave it there for today. Amazing show. Brandon, thanks for coming in. Kayla, as well. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.